this idea that government is beholden to the people, that it has no other source of power except the sovereign people, is still the newest and the most unique idea in all the long history of man's relation to man. I think that we have a core set of values that are enshrined in our Constitution, in our body of law, that are exceptional. What our framers debated that, that, that whole summer in Philadelphia in 1787. Our Constitution begins with the words, we the people of the United States. That is what it means to say that we have a government of laws and not of men. Welcome to Constitutional Conventions, the official podcast of the Yale Law School Federalist Society. My name is Jonathan Feld, and I'll be your host. Every week, we're going to bring you the best conversation and commentary about pressing issues in law, jurisprudence, and public policy. Leading lawyers, jurists, and intellectuals will join this show to discuss debates and controversies in American public life. Constitutional Conventions gives you a taste of all the exciting programming hosted by Yale Law School's Federalist Society. Today, for our very first episode for this pilot, we're hoping to give you just a sense of exactly who we are and what we're trying to achieve. I'm here with Zach Austin, president of the Yale Law School Federal Society and my co-host. Zach is a 3L from Columbus, Ohio, a fact that he's more proud of than anybody I've ever met. In fact, it's actually most of his personality, as it turns out. Hey, John, that's not fair. I'm getting married in Cincinnati, and I put mustard on my sausage every time. So I love the entire Buckeye State. Don't worry. I'm, I'm corrected. It turns out that besides from having the wrong taste in hot dogs, Zach Austin is also from the broader state of Ohio. We just lost 30% of our listeners right there. Mustard on sausage, that's it. Done. <laughs> Few people know this, but Zach, it turns out, is actually my clone. Before law school, Zach worked as a research assistant at the American Enterprise Institute and has an abiding interest in maritime history. Hey, John, what'd you do before law school? I also worked as a research assistant at the American Enterprise Institute, and I also love maritime history. So it turns out that Yale Law School admits a very particular type of conservative for all those sharpening up their applications this year. There's just two differences. One is that John is from Philadelphia originally, and two is that he can actually grow a beard, which I'm very jealous of. But we have more similarities because after law school, Zach will be clerking on the 11th Circuit uh, in the lovely Buckhead neighborhood of Atlanta, Georgia, where I've spent some time. And I got to say, it's got more Lamborghinis per square foot than any other city I've ever seen in my entire life. Well, it's about to have one less home without one. So. <laughs> yeah. Zach's going to be making clerk money, which means that the Lambo is not on the table, it seems like. No, nope. rice and beans and maybe some mustard if I'm lucky. Maybe some mustard for the hot dog. Since we're hoping to introduce everyone to the show, Zach, for the uninitiated, why don't you give us a quick rundown of the Federalist Society? I think it's one of the most misunderstood institutions in American political life. So why don't you just give everyone a sense of, of what the Federalist Society is all about? Yeah, you know, it's funny. I had a friend from high school who came to have lunch with me on campus just a couple days ago. And he leaned across the table and he said, Zach, if you're the president of FedSoc at Yale, does that mean that you get to have a voice into picking who the Supreme Court justices are? And I said, no, it's it's not that at all, really. Um, you know, there's this old joke that the federal government is an insurance company with an army behind it. In that respect, I think FedSoc can be best thought of as a debate club with a bread line. Uh, you know, we, we, we tend to feed the people with free lunch and uh, provide just a wide variety of programming sort of all over the map. Um, Milton Friedman would be ashamed, by the he, way. He would. He would. There is such a thing as free lunch, and it's provided by Yale FedSoc uh, basically every day. You know, we, we do really an event every day each semester when you average it all out. 98 days of uh, school last term and 98 FedSoc events. I, th I think the good news is that for FedSoc members, they don't really have to count past three 
because it turns out that Yale FedSoc and the national organization more broadly, they only take three legal positions and no policy ones. Unfortunately, they're pretty simple. So the first is that the state exists to preserve freedom. The second is that the separation of governmental powers is central to our constitution. And the third is that it is emphatically the province and duty of the judiciary to say what the law is, not what it should be. And hopefully, if we've done our job, John should be able to tell you what case that language is from. You know, it's good that you mentioned that, Zach, because I was taught that by uh, Professor Paul Gewertz, who was the small group professor for both of us at Yale Law School. More proof that they do the same exact things over and over again, and history is a flat circle. And and I've been stalling. The case is Marbury v. Madison, for those of you keeping score at home. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's funny, John. There's a one-volume history of Yale Law School, and it's got my favorite photo in the world of it. So it's Eli Yale in front of Yale Law School, hauling down the Yale flag and running up the Soviet hammer and sickle. And it says, is this the new color on campus? Dated 1933. So it turns out Yale's kind of always been the way it is now. You know, it hasn't changed much in the last 90 odd years. The more things change, the more they stay the same, I find. So I think that actually leads me into kind of one of the things I really want to talk to you about for the sake of this show to introduce everybody to the show and, and to, you know, us. Yale FedSoc in particular has been, I don't know how you say it, in the news in the last few months. For those of you who keep tabs on this kind of thing, which I'm assuming almost all of our listeners do. So Zach, you know, how do you see Yale FedSoc's role within the broader law school community? You know, I I think the headlines kind of bury the lead in a lot of ways. Like I said, FedSoc really does something every day here on campus. And we have 40 guest speakers coming to, you know, share their thoughts, whether they're judges or Mike Pompeo or leading law professors. And all that's kind of going on behind the scenes. And what we've realized this year is that there's no real way for the rest of the legal community to see that. So whether you're a, a grizzled litigator or a, a pre-law student hoping to learn something about what the culture's like here at Yale, we're going to hope to you know sit down with some of these folks that we're bringing to campus and then do a couple one-off events about what student life is like here. We do debates, we do social events, uh, we have all sorts of writing programs that we help run. And we hope to just give you a taste of what the intellectual culture is like. You know, it's, it's been 40 years since FedSoc was founded uh, right here at YLS. And part of this is just to show how far we've come and what we're up to. And I, I think that really speaks to what FedSoc's role is. You took a while to get to Marbury, and let me take a while to answer your question. Um, I, I, I contest that. But <laughs> <laughs> it was in the interest of biographical background, mm. Zach, not, not intellectual inquiry. Always. But... You know, Yale is a place right now without a single public law conservative professor. And I think that shaped the culture in a lot of ways. And it's, it's really up to us as students to try to fill that gap and, and show not just our own members who skew conservative and libertarian, though that doesn't describe all of them, but, but really the rest of the entire campus, what these ideas are, because they're going to encounter them out in force in the real world once they leave these halls and start practicing. You know, I hate to cut you off there, Zach, but I think you actually hit on something really important about what the chapter's role is within the law school community as students and, and as classmates. And you joked about a friend saying that, you know, since you're president, you choose the justice. And I don't think that's what your role is, but I do think that the role in debate and discussion here is that you will say things that are similar to what Justice Scalia or Justice Thomas or Justice Kavanaugh would say, obviously less eloquently. But nevertheless, conceptually, I think it's important that we contribute to that debate and that discussion in a really robust intellectual engagement with one another. That's the only way to learn. And that's the best way to learn. 
Yeah, and you know, it's funny. We had we had conversations with some of the founders of FedSoc throughout this year. And one thing that really struck me from the meetings that they were having when they made kind of the momentous decision to move forward with this organization is it was, you know, in the fallout of Reagan's first election. And there was a meeting at Yale Law School where folks came together. They were talking about the election. They were processing it. This, you know, for anybody who was in college in 2016, perhaps it was a similar sort of scene. And the professor who was running the session said, you know, I don't know anybody who voted for Reagan. I don't know anybody who knows anybody who voted for Reagan. Did any of you vote for Reagan? And apparently three folks raised their hand and they might have been deeply involved in the founding of the Federalist Society. But uh, that's, that's one of the, uh, the great chapter pieces of war is that originally the, the, the chapter seems to have originated from a, a group support session for the wider Yale Law School community. I think that we should clarify some things that have come out because we're talking about the podcast. So, you know, as much as you listeners probably love the mellifluous and sonorous voices of, of me and Zach, uh, that's not really the goal of the show. We're going to be joining important legal thinkers who are coming to the chapter and giving talks on important cases and historical and jurisprudential developments. And we're going to be using this podcast as a vehicle to pick their brains about really important legal topics. And it's less what we think. In fact, what we think truly does not matter often. It's more an opportunity to give you a window into the kinds of educational and intellectual and pedagogical inquiries that are happening within the Yale Law School Federal Society, which is a rich environment. Like Zach said, we're bringing people in every day uh, from all walks of the legal world, whether it's as practitioners, as law professors, as uh, legal academics in, in think tanks, and as you know, jurists, and picking their brains on important doctrinal developments uh, all across all areas of the law. And so this podcast then is a way to bring that home to you and give you an opportunity and an entree into a world that's often too closed off for the benefit of the public. Yeah, and you know, John, we don't pick the justices or whatever other rumor you like to believe, but we're going to bring you, the listener, conversations with the folks who are in the position to be a justice someday or who have their ear with their scholarship or their thinking or their argumentation in front of the court. And we're really hoping that that just gives you a vantage point, not into what we're thinking as students and, and how we engage with speakers and, and, you know, what kind of questions they got asked during their event and what they thought about them, but, but also just an insight into their work more broadly and the animating forces that are at the heart of legal discourse in the year 2022. I think that's exactly right. I think the framing for us as hosts and, and for you, the listener, is that this podcast doesn't represent what we think. It really represents what we learn. And so it offers an opportunity for all of us to think more deeply, more broadly about American public law and American public life in meaningful and novel ways. Yeah, and I, I think that's what it's all about here. You know, there's a tagline, debate, discuss, decide. And we'll be facilitating some of the debates and the discussions, but I think we're going to leave it up to you to decide what you think based on the issues that we hope to present each week with uh, all of our many guests. Yeah, I think that's exactly the perfect way to put it. We're not going to give you a particular viewpoint or a particular way to think. We're going to give you all the information you need to inform yourselves. Yeah. Well, hey, speaking of decisions and speaking of learning a little bit more about how you think, I was hoping you could share with the listeners just what brought you to the chapter. I mean, it's one thing to be kind of leading us through what's happened in the last year, but I think it's another thing entirely to want to step into this environment based on everything you saw. 
Yeah, they often talk about Daniel in the lion's den, but they never tell you about the sequence of decisions that <laughs> led him there. And I guess that's what I'm being asked to reflect on. I think I came to Yale Law School for a number of reasons. I came from a very grounded perspective and my beliefs and my thoughts, having worked for two years in the executive office of the American Enterprise Institute. It's no surprise that I lean to a particular brand of, of political thought. And knowing that, I knew that Yale Law School, like much of higher education and most of the institutions that I've been a member of and, and a student at, leans left wing. And there's a lot to be said for that. I'm really excited often by the opportunity to come into class in all kinds of formats, seminars, lectures, clinical work, and learn the best from, from the smartest students that I can and, and the best professors in the world. So, you know, it's no secret that Yale Law School is the best law school in the country. Uh, U.S. News and World Report has it for, what, 40 years running now? That's a, that's a funny anniversary, you know? There's like a correlation there between 40 years of FedSoc and 40 years of U.S. News rankings. It's yeah, for the now. listener who doesn't know, it is also the Federalist Society's 40th anniversary uh, where it was founded at Yale. So I don't want to be the one to put a causal relationship where there's where there's only a correlation. But you guys can do the math at home and you could, you could, you could maybe draw something out. D- debate, discuss, decide. <laughs> And actually, I think, you know, not to be too trite, but it has elevated my personal experience uh, to have these contrasting viewpoints, you know, whether it's in a seminar format or, or a lunch conversation or, or a lunchtime talk like hosted by the Federal Society. I think that what drew me to FedSoc at YLS, aside from its incredibly handsome president, has been uh, really its openness to engagement and the resources that it's able to command in really filling out uh, all the educational opportunities that are out there. There are just so many really, really top-notch folks in this legal orbit, and they can't all teach at Yale Law School for a number of reasons, most of which are probably budgetary, but there are some others. And I think what FedSoc does especially well here is really bring in those people who have a lot to say and who have a lot to teach and really lets me, it's, it's sometimes like drinking out of a fire hose. I'll say it, Zach. It's too much programming. Oh, no. Ah, please stop. (laughs) And and that's why we're starting a podcast. And that's why we're starting a podcast. I think the podcast is really the natural outflow of all the great work that we're already doing, uh, really offering really more to to the public about what's going on here and and really hopefully providing an avenue for for really the, the brilliant folks that we have coming to talk to our students and giving them an opportunity and a platform to say what they're saying for those more interested uh, in the law from from other avenues who you know can't attend Yale Law School for a number of reasons. I think that's why I got here, and that's why we're doing this, really. Well, John, um, you know, as as much as I enjoy seeing the uh, the clone will continue long after I've left these hallowed halls, I think one of the things that makes Yale FedSoc really special is the community we have. I mean, it's 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 unlike anything else I've ever been a part of, either in the professional world or my education. I think everyone's really close. And I just think there's such an array of differences among all of the members of all the classes. And I was hoping you could just talk a little bit about your experience with your peers. You know, we just brought on a first-year board of 21 folks, and uh, they're kind of all over the map. So how have you found the other folks who are in FedSoc? I mean, are they, are they all six-foot-something AEI, ship-loving, you know, nerdy, nerdy guys? Though I resent the characterization, it's entirely <laughs> accurate. Uh, I would say, unsurprisingly, I'm, I'm sui generis on that front. And I think as much as we joke about us you know, being very similar in profile, the wonderful thing about the chapter, and I think FedSoc more broadly on a national level, is its incredible diversity. I think when people think about FedSoc, they think about a bunch of 
quite frankly, Northeastern white men sitting in a smoke-filled room choosing Supreme Court justices. But that's not the experience at all. The experience is a collection of students, a few dozen students in, in the Yale case, and that goes up and down depending on which campus you're on. But it's a collection of students from all walks of life, from all incomes, all regions, all backgrounds, all races, genders, ethnicities, sexualities even, political affiliations even. There is no one way that you could stereotype a member of the Federal Society at Yale Law School or elsewhere. And that's because the Federal Society isn't dedicated to political preconditions or predispositions. It's committed to open inquiry and open debate and free thought. And I think that's what makes it exciting. And that draws students to Yale FedSoc particularly. And that's what's in my experience. It's been a hugely enriching part of my time here at Yale so far that I've been able to find a community like Yale FedSoc that is so openly dedicated to the friendly competition of ideas on the one hand and a core set of principles about constitutional interpretation and, and legal thought on the other. So it's a little bit of both and a little bit of everything, but that's kind of the secret recipe to success here. That's, that's the secret sauce, I think. Yeah, and, and John, I'm so glad you brought that up because I think that's one of the things we want to share with this podcast. You know, the conservative legal movement is changing. Uh, what it means to be a law student is changing. I mean, all of us have kind of lived through this pandemic and, and that has brought with it some of the just profound changes. I mean, my first semester of Zoom life, my youngest professor was 74. And so watching, you know, those folks try to grapple with this new technology and then moving into the land of slick Zoom, my 2.0 year, where everything is sort of down to a T and now transitioning back to in-person life. I mean, it's going to change the way that you experience law school, even if you get to be in person for the rest of the time. And so this is really the only podcast like this. We're going to try to introduce you not only to the thinkers who are coming to campus and racing us with, you know, their thoughts and, and brilliant insights into the future of the legal world. But we also hope to show you what it's like to be a student here and the kind of folks that we bring and draw on and have interesting conversations with them. So we're hoping you're going to join us throughout, dear listener. In the meantime, I know both of us have an internal FedSoc debate we have to run to. So uh, see you next time. And we really hope you listen. We've got a really great lineup of speakers scheduled to come on the show. So if you subscribe, if you like, if you send us a comment, we'd love to hear from you and hear what you have to say and hear your thoughts about this great project. We're really excited about it. Like Zach said, this is the only podcast like it. This is the only place that you can come and get the same experience as a law student. So it's a really great opportunity for you and for us to share all the great things that we're learning. So we hope you subscribe. We hope you keep listening and we'll see you soon. Take care.